Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Umpire Rolls podcast where we finally have an upbeat one. It may only be the Pizza Cup, but we had a slice of the action last night. You see what I did there. Yes, we beat that the local Minnows. Oh, very that was cheesy. Yes, absolutely perfect. Yes, yes. I'm going to top it off now. Yes, a 5-0 win over our local minnows, Swindon Town. Not my words on local minnows. That is Reading FC official. And you've, you've got to love that. It was it was a fun evening, wasn't it, Matt? Sorry, I'm still getting over all, all of your, your, your pizza puns. Um, yeah, no, local local minnows. Back to back to where you belong, you know, off your off your chop. It was a sensational little pun. It was fun, it wasn't it? I mean, if you weren't there last night, Alex, you won't quite realise what the atmosphere was like. And for a pizza cup match, it was it was pretty lively, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, people were really up for it, weren't they? Uh, it's, I I kind of thought that it wouldn't really sell that well. wasn't really a game which people that bothered about but I think there was about six and a half thousand people there in the end and the atmosphere was you know was actually pretty good it was it was pretty bouncing for the amount of people in there and I mean you know granted I'm not sure the Swindon fans have much to you know shout about but certainly in the Reading end it was it was loud and it was uh people were definitely really happy to be there Berkshire boys making all the noise that's all I can say I thoroughly enjoyed it and it did remind me of being in the South Bank a bit I think it was probably because of the edge of violence, which, you know, was present there last night. Let's not, let's not pretend that it wasn't. You know, I don't know how many kind of uh, EFL trophy matches you have when you have a police helicopter and riot police outside the ground. I don't think that's a common occurrence, Matt. Do you think that is? No, no, it was a, it, it was, it was a weird one though. Cause like, like going up to the stadium before the match, you, like I felt the tension kind of like in the air, like which was odd because again it was a it was a piece of trophy, it's a EFL trophy. It's like, but you know, but then when you when you walk up to the to the stadium, I mean, it didn't help that they'd shut off 
obviously the the gate by Club 1871. So you, so you had Swindon fans walking one way, Reading fans walking the other. It was a recipe for disaster that, um, you know, and like walking in, I saw, you know, two two mass brawls, police out chasing chasing Swindon fans away, Swindon fans running at, running at me because they're running away from police dogs. You know, and yeah, it was it was um it's probably the first game I've actually been to for definitely a long time, if not possibly actually maybe ever. Um I'm kind of showing my age there where I've actually I was actually a little bit nervous going to it and like thinking, do do I do I should I go there? Should I go there? Watching what I say, watching what I do, you know, because it was like yeah, it, it's like for for young and well, I say young fans, I'm not too young you know i'm 26 but like i've never experienced a game like that at reading um the oxford game in a few weeks will be interesting um maybe they they might need two police helicopters maybe for that one as it's a league game. bring in the army bring the, bring army, the army in get the sas in get them all involved but yeah alex i don't know what's more shocking there that you know it's the first game that matt's been to that he actually you know i can understand that we don't have many local rivalries with the atmosphere but he's actually considering what he was talking about and saying. I mean, that, that was that was the I, biggest. I was on my own. I'd just like to say, <laughs> yeah, that's quite surprising for anybody who's ever been to a game or stood near Matt Lands at a game of football. Um, him watching what he says is uh, quite a new one. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the game. Uh, to be honest, the game itself was almost uh, a non-event. Is the wrong word, Paul? But like, it it, it was so easy wasn't it yeah it was it was i mean um i know it was two reserve teams and two academies basically playing each other wasn't it you know and let's not in any way pretend this was two first teams because it wasn't but i mean we discussed this on the way out and about who was the worst team that we've seen in the last i don't know 10 20 years and there's lots of teams in there and unfortunately we're probably one of them but if you say cheltenham for this season i think they were considerably better and swimming because at least they knew how to defend a bit better, didn't they? Wasn't even wasn't even close, was it? Let's be honest. Like Swindon yesterday were really poor, really, really poor. Um, and I would probably go as far as to say it was one of the worst performances I've seen from an opposition team at the select car leasing. Um, maybe West Ham on New Year's Day in the Premier League, but I think that day it was that Reading were very, very good as well. Whereas yesterday, Reading they were good yesterday don't get me wrong they were great but um it, it almost was they didn't even need to be because Swindon were that bad and yet they still won 5-0 like they they could have played just averagely and still won that game 3 or 4-0 uh, that's how poor Swindon were i mean it could have been 8 or 9 to be honest you know like when you look at some of the chances and kind of the amount of chances uh, like i know I think I think I think the Swindon manager said I think they had a, it was about six or seven players under the age of seventeen or eighteen on the pitch by the end, and maybe it just shows the difference in academies. To be honest, um, at that at, at this level, you know, right? Um, I've seen a lot of excuses coming up um, on Twitter from uh, from the Slug family, but um, but but yeah, you know, I think it was uh, it was it was still fun, you know. To be honest, I don't I don't really care who was playing on that pitch. I just wanted to hammer them. And we did. It's, it's irrelevant, isn't it? Like both yeah. teams have the opportunity to put out whoever they want. So if Swindon side, you know, the Swindon team decide to put out a bunch of 18, 19, whatever it was, you know, youngsters, it's not really our problem. I hope we pass them 5-0 if they put out the first team or if they put out their under-11s. It doesn't really make a difference. It's still going to be Swindon or Oxford, isn't it? Like, 
still want to beat them. Well, actually, so they sold we would out actually just... know, the away end for a pizza cup match. So anyone who says that they're not bothered by it, tells I was me I was going to say, well, true, would, would, would would you two have been annoyed if you were if that was Reading that put out a team like that and then got battered five 0 against against? I, would I think with the pizza would've... cup, it's basically if you win, you're bothered, and if you lose, you're not bothered. I would have, <laughs> yeah. I would have very, I would have come onto this podcast and said, "Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just the pizza cup. Who cares if we lose five 0 But as Beat you down. win five 0 then it definitely matters. So nobody wants to get battered like that so easily. I mean, let's come into it. Harvey Nibs obviously getting some confidence there, grabbing a hat trick. First one, he took a bit of a while to put it away, Alex, but he did finally finish it, and that seemed to like ease him up a little bit during the game. Yeah, uh, Guinness Walker's cross was with his right foot, which was interesting, um, into the box. He played really well last night and linked up quite well with Nibs, and Cross comes in, gets kind of stabbed away by the Swindon defender, but it like he doesn't really put any kind of force onto it, and it, it falls to Nibs on the edge of the six-yard box, and eventually he finally manages to put it in the, in the goal. Um, you know, neat finish by Nibs, and uh, yeah, you'd hope. Uh, like the first one, he didn't necessarily celebrate the first one, really. I, I don't know if it was just a you know kind of complacency thing or just weren't really that bothered, um, kind of expecting to win. But by the third one, he was you know knee sliding in front of the uh, in front of the Reading fans and delighted to he got a hat trick. So yeah, definitely um, hope that it kind of delivers him some confidence. Yeah, I think like Thames Valley Police, he was a little bit caught out by the atmosphere. Nibs, he hadn't quite realised what he'd actually uh, slightly walked into there. Obviously, if it was a league game, it'd be way more. But still, it's uh, against a local team, isn't it? Sorry, local men. He should have gone up and shushed the Swindon fans, taken his shirt off, done Lionel Messi in front of him. He should have. He should have been jeering him. You can tell why I'm not a footballer. (laughs) I mean, that first half ball, we really like. I think we looked at the stats at some point during the first half and I, what was it, like 12 shots to one or something? And, mm. and Swindon had had one shot off target by about the 40th minute. And then eventually we got the second goal just before half time, right? With, you know, another good cross from the left-hand side and a, a decent header by Nibs. Yeah, really good header, I thought. I think that's the best goal I think I've actually seen him score. He, he took that really well. Um, can't see any angle from behind the goal, so whether the goal he should have done better or not. But... I think if you get a header in there like that, you've got to be happy. And surely it gives him a little bit of confidence going into these games. And he soon wraps up his hat-trick afterwards. But, Matt, uh, just for one-sidedness, it's just a really weird game to watch, wasn't it? Because it was kind of, we stop, we start, and then we go for a bit, and then we just completely stop. So it's, it's really hard to play, assess players like Tom Holmes because he literally had nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, and for, for for a game like that, it's just strange because, like, you 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 would have thought maybe that a few tough t- tackles would have gone in. You know, there would have been a bit more kind of a physical edge to it, but it just kind of it just really felt like men against boys. You know, out there to be honest. Um, you know, I've I've not seen such a one sided half like that, and I guess you know, for to be honest, for Reading. In that situation, yeah, we had a you know a couple of you know the first teamers in there, you know, in Harvey Nibs and um, and currently David Button um, and that you know, but how much motivation would they have had? You know, once they'd gone one 0 up and it's so comfortable, and then you get the second, and it's like you know you could just feel that goals were going to come at some point. It didn't really matter when, 
um you know but we got we got that goal at the end at the end of the first half and it, it just killed it didn't it to be honest you know that that just completely kind of took anything out of the game and um and yeah it, it just made it a very very comfortable halftime break anyway which is very unusual for us isn't it to actually kind of feel like oh we've probably won this already <laughs> we don't normally have that we haven't had that for a while so quite enjoyed that experience then we come out in the second half and nibs completes his hat trick with a well-taken penalty probably a miscontrol from Makari there in the midst of it all and slightly got away with it Alex to get the penalty yeah it, it looks like one of those penalties where you've where he's won it just by kind of he's poked the ball away don't really know if he's done it on purpose and Swindon player has just completely mistimed what he's trying to do um and you know it's, it's obviously a penalty and Nibs puts it away quite comfortably. I was a little worried because obviously the last experience we've had of penalties at the SEL was that Ipswich game when we saw two players just smash it well over the bar. So, and it was good to see Nibs keep it on the floor and, you know, put it away quite easily. No matter what level you're playing at though, that that tackle for the penalty, I mean, it was feeble, utterly feeble. You know, I, it, like, <laughs> I mean, the player's reaction, bless him. He just got up. He he just didn't even he just didn't even do anything because he just knew, he, he just knew how, how like, like you say, it's just mistimed to oblivion. You know, you're not going to see many more blatant penalties than than that this season. No, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'd quite happily take it if it's for us. I, I'd like that 100. percent And you don't know in League One, anything is possible. So Makari then gets the uh, fourth goal from a Vickers free kick, which was really good free kick. I've got to say it was a good save as well. Um, I thought Vickers was good last night. Um, I don't think he was amazing, but he just showed his little moments of technique and ability to go past players so easily. Everything Vickers does, right, he does it in such a way that he makes the opponents look stupid. He gets the ball, and when he tries to take on a player, he makes them just look like they shouldn't even have tried because he just goes past people so easily. Um, He's so good with the ball at his feet yeah, as well. The guy's technique is a joke, honestly. Um, the fact that he's playing for Reading is ridiculous. Like He's so talented for 18. Um, you know, I'm not sure. He, uh, I have no idea whether he's going to end up, you know, what level of football he might end up playing at. But his his technique with the football at his feet is just ridiculous. Um, easily one of our most exciting players uh, in, in the squad currently. And it, it is a real shame that he's, you know, not going to get, you know, first team starts necessarily every week now because of the fact that Sam Smith is going to come back soon, I think. Um, I'd really hope that he's going to be one of those players who comes off of the bench kind of, you know, every other game or every game and gets 15, 20 minutes every game because the end of games, like his talent is is just going to ruin some League One defences. So he maybe find a place out on the wing, maybe. Um, I know we've talked about it a few times. Um, he often looks good with the ball at his feet, out wide, cutting in. He likes to do that quite a bit. He did that quite a lot yesterday, cutting um, from the right onto his left. Um, I mean, Paul, would you would you see him out, out, out on the wing, potentially? Yeah, he could be. Uh, I think it's a possibility of having him out there. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to see him in, like, attacking mid. Because he goes past players so easily, uh, I can see him like sliding balls in and just getting cheap free kicks repeatedly on the edge of the box. And we haven't got a player that can do that. And maybe with Callacy, he's not the biggest player, is he? That doesn't mean he can't be a brilliant player. But I think in that area, he could be particularly effective. But we'll see. 
it would be good to see him play in that uh, same role that, that Ballard played in at the weekend at Leighton Orient, kind of behind the main striker. Um, I think he would be really effective there, kind of in that same same area that, you know, John Swift was playing in a few years ago, just behind the striker and, and try and basically linking up with the striker, but also giving the midfield someone to play the ball into in the centre. Um, but yeah, it, that, that would be kind of an ideal situation, I think. One player, I know we discussed him at the game yesterday, and I know you two weren't over or not massively impressed. I was quite impressed by him yesterday, was was Wareham um coming in to the team for, for for the first time. Like I know, and again, you know, I like like I say you two weren't weren't his biggest fan, but his movement, he's got a lot of nip, like a lot of zip and tuck around up around the box. He's he reminds me a lot kind of a, of an Adam LaFondra, and I kind of feel like at the end of the game, just like with Vickers. If you had him on the bench and were able to bring him on for maybe a ballard, you know, he's kind of a similar player. He's not as technical or kind of as good as him ability-wise, frankly. You know, it'd be stupid to kind of say that. But I think I think there's a lot of potential in there. And I'd I'd kind of be interest interested to see more of him around around the first team. I thought it was pretty good last night. I think he's a good player, where and don't get me wrong, I just think he's quite a long way down the list of strikers now. Um, which means he's all his limits, his minutes are always going to be quite limited, really. He's going to get game time in this, you know, in the Pizza Cup. Maybe he gets a couple of minutes here and there in like the FA Cup and things like that. But I think he's, he's, you know, he's realistically, he's probably behind Vickers, uh, Ebataman, uh, Smith, Ballard. Like he's probably fifth choice striker. And we've already seen Aziz also play up front this season. So I think he's quite a long way down the list. Um, which isn't to say he's necessarily a bad player, but I just I'm not sure he's going to get the minutes which he would probably need in order to to kind of make an impression. Yeah, I think he needs a lot. Well, maybe not a lot more, but he needs some development to actually be pushing. I think. Um, I think he was abysmal at all. I don't think I wouldn't say that, but there was other players that stood out more than him. But then the fifth goal comes really late as well. Harley Dean, who obviously got some booing last night after the uh, incident at the end of the game on Saturday against Leighton Orient. Swindon, but... Swindon have given up by this point, haven't they? Oh, yeah, like, totally. This, this goal is just ridiculous. This was I mean, the sort of you look at the amount of chances we have. We also had the Vickers shot as well. We had the wing shot. And these were all in injury time. Like, there, yeah. there was... We could have scored three or four yeah. in injury time. They just they completely given. I, I mean, we yeah. played eight minutes of injury yes, injury time yesterday, which was just ridiculous. But um, yeah, the fifth goal it was just so easy, you know, like the, it, like Guinness. I think it was Guinness Walker on the right hand side who who kind of just lobbed it in almost to Dina, who was completely unmarked. Must have had five yards of space around him, and it was honestly the easiest goal that anybody could ever score. Went like with their head. It was so simple for him. Was this was this? But I I can't even remember if this was before or after. Actually, he had his other because he had two really good heading chances. Harley did at the very end of the game. There, you know, it, it, like as as we said earlier, you know, but by the end of the game, it really could have been eight or nine again. Um, it, it was it was just so one sided and one way traffic by that point. Yeah, they give up, haven't they? Who they, they're young you kids, a lot of them. So I get it. I get why that happened. Who else impressed you last night, Paul? Thought Michael Craig. Thought he looked good. Thought he's a possibility to have more involved in the first team. What about you, uh, Matt? Yeah, no, Craig. I like. I think Craig went very under the radar and kind of. I thought well, actually, no, maybe not under the radar yesterday because I think a lot of people 
saw yesterday. I think we've seen a few performances from him now. Like it was the same at Millwall and and same kind of preseason. Kind of I guess to the you know, the back end of last season when everyone kind of stood up and took note of him. And it's going to be a very interesting battle in that midfield because we seemingly have a lot of almost similar ability players. I'd say you know is there actually that much between a Michael Craig and a Charlie Savage? you know, realistically in that midfield area. Um, it's, and and then you've got the likes of Ben Elliott as well, who's been forced to play out on the wing because we're trying to force him into a team where we've got kind of too many midfielders. Um, I'd almost think moving to almost a three midfield, you know, would almost start to be better because then you can start utilising, you know, I guess one extra, um, one extra midfielder. Yes, you know, you could say we've probably got a lot of similar ability strikers as well. And especially now, you know, you've got Ia Bishman, um, uh, Ia Bishman, Smith, Ballard, Aziz, um, you know, Wareham. There's so many there that you, you can look at. But that midfield area, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see Craig more in the first team, um, you know, getting more chances, even if it's on the bench and coming on for 20 minutes. Um, you know, I, I, I think it would do his development a whole load of good and you know keep that competition because we've not really seen much challenge for savage at the moment um but yeah past craig guinness walker as well i thought was good i the main thing i like about craig in all honesty is the fact that he gets up and down the pitch like he he is box to box um he is kind of a midfielder who seems to do it all he's not necessarily a great playmaker he's not necessarily a great destroyer at the back but he does do it all um which is one thing that i think our midfield is kind of currently lacking really um so yeah i'd agree with matt It'd be great to see him kind of in the first team and i think guinness walker played well enough yesterday that you you kind of have to if you're ruben sellers here admit defeat and just bring guinness walker back in because he is the best left back that we've got however he bad come back people... in over carson would you say yeah i think it, yeah. however or people might think Guinness Walker is defensively. He is going to be our best left back. And the link up with Nibs yesterday was really good. Um, you know, obviously we were playing Swindon's eight under eights or something. But, um, you know, I think you kind of have to take a little bit of a step back if you're Ruben Sellers and, and probably just admit that having Guinness Walker in the team is going to make you a better team. I think also, I mean, I don't take much from last night. I'd also like to see uh, Mola possibly tried at centre-back because he's not been good at left-back. Uh, let's not pretend in any other way. And I know that I remember uh, hearing Jem speaking about Mola and saying that whenever he saw him and he was scouting for another team, he was always playing centre-back and he looked OK there. So who knows? Who knows? It's a possibility anyway. I I'm not going to suddenly say he's going to be the next Sunker. I'm not saying that, but you just don't know. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And let's just remember, there's a certain team that gets battered everywhere they go, everywhere they go.